You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters, and according to the barista at Starbucks today, I'm Lena. You are. <laughs> I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm the youngest sister. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California with my husband and two sons. Okay. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive. I'm a podcaster, and I live in Santa Monica, California with my dog, Hooper. Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. And I'm going to start this week by saying I'm a podcaster. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, and how about that? Embrace I'm it, an sister. Em- <laughs> I'm an empty nester, an urban nana, a former university administrator, and I've lived around the world. All right. Today is our last show for a while. We're going to explain yes. that later. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't worry. Don't panic. Just a little vacay. Just yeah, the, our usual August hiatus, as they say in the business. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's just vacation. I don't know why they need a special <laughs> word for it. But it makes it, makes it, it sound even more special. Yes, it's exciting. Uh, but we have a full show before we sign off for the month of August. Uh, and we also have a couple of special shows that are going to be posting in August. So, yes. Liz, you're going to fill Details us in. Details to come. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. You will be plenty entertained in August. Sure. You are not going to have an issue. Sure. Okay. Yes. No, no one's going to have an issue. But we have a couple things to talk about today. You know, sometimes uh, the paper comes and there's a story in there and you're like, well, someone's going to pitch this. The Gwyneth Paltrow (laughs) cover story from the New York Times magazine. Yes. I mean. So I pitched it. Yeah. And here's my, my, Leanne said, what's your take? Okay, here's my take. Gwyneth, nut or not? That's the discussion we are having. <laughs> We're primed. We're ready for that, You know Liz. we like to support other women, so right. I'm, I'm willing to entertain the not. Sure, sure. All right, Julie, you also saw a story that you said, i got to talk about this, motherhood in the age of fear. From the right. I've been stewing about it since yeah. I read the article. It was the front page of their editorial section. I know many people saw it as well, so... We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about that. All right. We're also going to talk about something. It's a little preview of our Ask Us Anything special from August. One of the questions that Becky asked, we knew it was going to take like a full hour. So we're not going to give it a full hour today, but we hope to give you a thoughtful response to how do you stay connected to your grown sons? Why don't they call? Why don't they write? Why don't we ever see them? And because Julie and I both have grown sons, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna take and it. you've got the answer to that. I, That's exciting. I have some I have three rules on that, Leanne, that <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna share with you. Okay. Yeah. I have four. So that between that, uh, that's all we can do. And I wouldn't say put it out there. That's exactly right, Liz. Also, we have some Tuesday trends. I mean, we're killing it with the Tuesday trends. We have some good ones. Yes. Some ones that everyone's talking about and some ones that only maybe people in Los Angeles are talking about. Yeah. Uh, Bachelorette parties, you know, shops where you can just go hook up and get an IV. And of course, we have, I think, a controversial tortellini uh, recipe to discuss. <laughs> you and okay. your pasta trend. Yeah. You are on top of that. Leanne, I think you might win a Pulitzer for this work on tortellini <laughs> that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, but sisters, can we start? Um, uh, you know, you we've all seen the movie, The Sisterhood of, of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. You remember that yes. movie? Uh-huh. It's about the four girls. They stay connected by passing around a pair of jeans that miraculously fit 
all four girls. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that happens. Mm -hmm. Well, I have my own version of that, and I'm calling this the um, happily ever after dress. Um, As as you know, we've talked about it on the podcast, and you know this because you're my sisters, and you were there 40 years ago as my bridesmaids. That this is my 40th anniversary year this uh, this year. Now I've already. I know, I know, 40 years. It, um, and we've already celebrated it. We, t- we took a big trip in January, so we're good to go. So there's not, uh, it's, it happens during the month of August. Uh, and actually, I was talking to my husband. I was like, well, what are we going to do on the actual date? And he's like, I don't know. Well, he said, what do you think we should do? And I said, I don't know. So there you have it, 40 years. That's a big celebration. <laughs> well, this but, is really but, shaping up to be quite a story. <laughs> I know it is. Okay, so stick with me. As life would have it, um, we have been invited to a, a friend's wedding in California the same week we were married 40 years ago. Oh. And I was trying to figure out, how about that? How about that? That's I think there is something about that. And as it would happen, what I am going to wear to the wedding is I am going to wear the dress that our mom wore to my wedding 40 years ago. Wow. Uh, cast your eyes back. It's yeah. this beautiful multicolored dress. I'm going to put up a picture of this. Okay. But what is interesting is the fact that I have this dress mm-hmm. because, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know how it is the miracle of the happily ever after dress that it somehow is in my closet. Mom only wore it once. She wore it to the wedding. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful dress. It's going to look good and but when you think of our parents and how many times they moved right, yeah. uh, and how this dress just somehow kept making the cut. <laughs> and as you know, many of these moves were not controlled or orderly, right? Yes. They were not, right? There was a certain There was a lot. Chaos. There were dumpsters involved, right? Yeah. Yes. There were, you know, there was a lot of bagging in garbage bags of stuff hauling it out. There are eight of us. How, you know, how I ended up with the dress, how it's still in good condition, how Sheila didn't get her hands I on know. this years ago. That's, that's what I don't. I'm, that's a miracle. Because <laughs> Sheila could also fit into the dress. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Right. I just right. want to comment out loud, like another miracle, not only that you have it, <laughs> but that you can fit into a dress of mom's. Bravo to her. Yeah. Our mother was oh, like okay, very so that, so. <laughs> She was very very thin. She was very, I'm, I'm taller than mom, Uh but somehow the dress just works. So what I, what I will, I will definitely do is I'm going to wear it to the wedding and then we'll just do a a little super, uh, superimpose the picture of mom in the dress and I'm going to wear the dress. And for some reason, I feel like this is a great tribute to our mother and this will be a great tribute to, you know, the, you know, she she organized. I, I got we, we got, I got married in the days when mothers organized the weddings. You know, and so she <laughs> right. organized an absolutely beautiful wedding, and uh, so I feel like this is a nice way to commemorate forty years. So I, it's the never ending happily ever after dress. It's it's gonna it's gonna come out in August. Okay, nice. I'm considering whether Liz and I should get in our bridesmaids dresses then. Those, <laughs> I, I know it you look pretty cute. We I did. was looking at some of the pictures yeah. of those. 
Yeah. You girls were adorable. I, yeah. I and I got to say, I just remember I was so super tan. We were we were in white bridesmaids dresses, and I had been a lifeguard that summer. So <laughs> my hair was very blonde, and my skin was very tan. Mm. So that was uh, that was good. Yeah, no, I and I think at one point I had all four of those. Like, so, yeah, somehow I ended up with all four of those same bridesmaids dresses. So, uh, hmm. okay, we probably put those out in an alley somewhere. <laughs> Sadly, during one of the moments. I don't know. Why don't you go check, Leanne? We can have a, a larger reenactment if you so want. Oh, Julie, that's a good story. Well, I can't wait to see the photos. That'll be great. And it's always fun to go to other people's weddings. You just no skin in the game. Like, it's not your child. It's nothing. You can just enjoy yourself. We got invited to one right. in September. I'm looking forward to it, frankly. I barely yep. know the kids, but I'm really psyched to go. So... Fantastic. All right. I was gone last week. I took a little business trip to Philadelphia and then New York. But the previous week, I had mentioned I had the house guests, right? Oh, yeah. So I had nine people staying with me. I had four grown-ups. <laughs> Which is a lot, It's Leanne. a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Four grown-ups, five kids. Uh-huh. Uh, these are good, good old friends from who live in Madrid. Uh, my friend Andy, his husband, Roger, and then their two kids who are seven. And then a whole other family I didn't know. Estelle's from France. The husband was from Spain. They live in Germany, so the kids all spoke German. Oh, so there was okay. just a lot happening there. It was, it was very international, but you can <laughs> see they're European. I had to impress them on many levels. So I just want to, I'm going to throw this out there in case anyone is having a lot of house guests. Uh, I told my friend Andrew uh-huh. that uh, our theme was casual chaos. <laughs> like that. I said. <laughs> Casual oh, chaos. that's good. That's, that's right. Good, like everyone's welcome. You know, it's not gonna it's yeah. not gonna be a Martha Stewart situation, but there will be food and drink and bedding and linens and towels and however it unfolds, it unfolds. Uh-huh. And I believe I delivered on that promise. That's, <laughs> all, that's all I can say. People seem to sleep. They seem to all have bathrooms. They seem to enjoy themselves. There was a trip to Disneyland and a lot of swimming in the pool. We stayed up till midnight, three nights in a row. Wow. Those, those Madrilena. Wow. I know. They, they know how to stay up they late. They never yeah. go up. But I would also just like to shout out to uh, another Edna Dolan treasure, uh, a rock-solid mac and cheese recipe. Like... <laughs> I was trying to think, you know, when you come to my house, I like to give you a lot of options, right? You do. I just put out a lot of food. You want to eat a vegetarian meal? You got it. You want to eat, just eat fish? You got it. You want some steak? You got it. Uh-huh. But I, I, you know, resuscitated mom's classic mac and cheese recipe with just the the roux and everything. And sure. I made yeah. it for the first night. And then the next day, the little Spanish kids woke up and like, mac and cheese. So I made it. <laughs> they ate it for breakfast. We came home from Disneyland. They're like, mac and cheese. I just kept making mac and cheese. We went to the store. like every- Or is that the only, those were the only words they knew in no. English, mac and cheese. Okay. No, again, because we're losers and Europeans aren't, they all speak like five languages. Yeah, I know. Like they, they oh, were oh. practicing yeah. their English. You know, we're just... Isn't that embarrassing? It is embarrassing. <laughs> You're seven years old. They're so far ahead right, of us. I know. So, uh, so casual chaos and mac and cheese. Just want to recommend those if you're having house guests. I like the idea of casual chaos because the fact that you've themed it makes it sound like purposeful. Mm-hmm. You know, intentional, yeah. I think, is the yeah. trendy word. But it totally lowers the bar. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Like, I, I'm not going to force you to sit down. I don't care where people eat. Let's just make it happen and have fun. Yeah. You know, c- 
come as you want, go as you want. I, I didn't care. Okay. I, I kind of That's particularly good with kids too, Leanne, because you don't want to have, you know, be tiptoeing around somebody else's house or afraid you're going to break things. How did old Steffi do with, uh, with all the casual chaos? I have to say she was the star of the show. I mean, oh. she was okay. fantastic. They like the big and dog? Both of these, all these kids, they don't have dogs. Uh-huh. So particularly the German kids really loved the German, the German shepherd. shepherd. <laughs> 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 I would say the obvious. <laughs> so, but they really loved her. And uh-huh. she was fantastic with them. They were only, They were only disappointed that she doesn't swim in the pool, which she just does just, just not. She's not interested in that. But they were fantastic. So she was the star of the show. She was very well behaved. So. It was well done. It was it was a fun week. Just and, just on one note, casual chaos is the kind of approach that would have horrified Edna Dolan. Yes, right? I know. As long as we're speaking about <laughs> yeah, her, mother, no, no, she couldn't have handled it. There was no casual. There was no chaos. No, like, we had she, law. It was law and order. Yeah. That was all. That's what we had. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, we'll eat mac and cheese, but it's served at noon. <laughs> and if you want it at eleven thirty, it's not happening. So, <laughs> so, and you're sitting at this table, right, with a cloth napkin. <laughs> so. Um, All right. So then I went to Philadelphia for a podcasting conference, podcast Mm -hmm. movement. It's a big podcasting conference. I represented the satellite sisterhood there. Thank you, Leanne. Sent as our emissary. And, uh, you know, it was just a reminder that we've been podcasting a long time. Uh You know, the term podcast pioneer gets thrown around occasionally when people talk about us because we have really been podcasting. Since, Since 2007. Yeah, 2007. And uh, so I went to a couple of panels, and I thought I, I could I could do this panel in my sleep. But okay, all right. You know, people who've gotten in the game like three years ago, they're the experts now. All right, fine. So I went, went to one panel. I wanted to run this by sisters. And the panel was called Hashtag Women in Podcasting. Now, ironically, I've been on a panel called Women in Podcasting like seven years ago yes. when it was me and Grammar Girl, Mignon yes, Fogarty, right. and Elsie mm-hmm. Escobar, the okay. yoga chick. They're so, both the best. And I think there were more people on the panel than in the audience. So that, <laughs> like, so at least... I remember you sent us pictures and there were like four people in the room. <laughs> no. I know. But, was... you know, they were podcast pioneers, man. These are women in podcasting trying to figure it all out. So I was happy to go to this one. Although sometimes now... I, I'm hesitant to go to women in anything panels. Mm-hmm. Liz, I'm wondering how you feel about that. <laughs> why, why is that? Well, Liz? because, you know. Because you should be on the regular panel. You should be panels. on the regular like, panel. Yes. Like, do we still need a women in podcasting yeah. panel? Like, I understand women bonding and having, you know, yeah. uh, groups and lifting each other up. But is it just one panel? Yeah. Is I think that? we need both. Okay, I, th- I think there should be a rule at conferences. There are no panels that don't have both men and women on them. None. Yeah, yeah. That should just be a rule. Zero. Because in any business, you can always find both men and women to represent. So that should be happening rather than ghettoizing women over here. Oh, you get your own little panel. You right. get your own little track. Yeah. So I understand your sensitivity to it. So we can do both. Right. We can do both. Okay. And so I, in this particular panel, I, I thought it was... I, there wasn't a lot of active moderation going on. It was mainly questions from the audience. And is there anything we hate more than questions from the audience? No, sorry. I we, mean, it's just hard to we control. We should admit that out loud. I but, know. Yeah. It's just hard to control, and it's, it's just a wild card. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily lead to a productive discussion mm-hmm. if the questions are flawed. Like the first question was a very long question about how come there are no women 
in radio and podcast production. Uh-huh. But that is not true because, yes. like, all the public radio podcasts are like ninety percent women. They yes. are hosting, they are producing, and they're, they're writing, they're and they're doing a, doing a fantastic job. job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, so but- you dismiss the premise. <laughs> I just so I was like, Whoa. sure, ask whatever you want, except for that, because that's not a good question. And then somebody <laughs> stood up and and they said, you know, oh, I, I really do. You think women don't go into podcasting because they they haven't found their voice and they're intimidated, and we've been socialized to not speak up. And do you think oh, that's brother. why? Thank you. I know. <laughs> I I I felt like I was like, is this what Liz means by stay noisy? Because I <laughs> wanted to just stand up because they were actually trying to figure out like why there were more men in podcasting than women. And I am old enough to remember like you had to produce, edit, record your own show. It uh-huh. was technology that mm-hmm. was the barrier. Yeah, I mean we had to go and teach ourselves. How to actually record, edit, and post a podcast. Yes. There yep. were no companies to do that. You couldn't mm-hmm. hire freelance editors mm-hmm. until January when, thank God, Sergio <laughs> showed up. I was. Hooray for Sergio. <laughs> I was the weak link between us yes. and like mm-hmm. complete oblivion, mm-hmm. you know? And I have very, very minimal skills in that area. So, But you really rose to the occasion for about eight years, Leah. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I just, I thought it was funny that no one mentioned technology. Yeah. Like, and, and that a, the technology has gotten so much easier now, too. That even it, if you don't have an engineer. Right. It's you, better. You can yes. do it. But it surprised me. It seemed like a pretty obvious answer to, mm-hmm. you know, all the original podcasters were just audio geeks. Yes. They weren't necessarily like people who had a strong message. They just knew how to put this stuff together in their basement. Yeah. So I wanted to stand up and scream that. But instead, I just wrote a note and thought, well, I'll talk about that on my own podcast. So, Chuck, it's... You the- have clearly found your voice, Leah. <laughs> Stay noisy, say- sister. Thank you. But I also want to say this to our listeners, because I believe you are also podcast pioneers. Because on several panels, there was a discussion about audience growth. Now, that's uh-huh. a fancy way of saying, let's get more people to listen to our show. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've talked about all sure. the time here. Share the sisters you do it but our listeners are amongst the few that really took the plunge like people who have been with us a long time they found us they had listened to us on public radio or abc or satellite they figured out early on early adapters you know <laughs> yeah. and i heard on two panels that well forget women over 35 they just they don't listen really yeah like they can't figure ah. out how to download a podcast that is so wrong that is a challenge <laughs> i believe yes. that is a challenge to our fantastic listeners who are re- already podcast pioneers uh-huh. to teach somebody in their lives how to do this and to prove these people wrong okay okay so each one teach one that's our uh, that's a good Liz. theme for august oh, Liz, right i like that phone. on a bumper sticker please yeah. So when you're telling your friends how much you love Satellite Sisters or any of your other yeah, podcasts, really, any just other. have them hand their phone to you, and you can show them, look, it's right here. Boom. Oh, let me subscribe you to Satellite Sisters. Boom. Right. Or, or you know, History Chicks or Happier or whatever you want to listen to. Right. Go for it. Boom. Each one, teach one. Go right. for it. Yeah, so that's it. I would like to salute our listeners because they, they are defying, you know, what the conventional wisdom is. Yeah. Okay. There you go. We're going to have our own panel next year. That's what I think. <laughs> well, it's it's in Orlando in August, so you two can go. <laughs> you know, as long as we're talking about how great the Satellite Sisterhood is, there was such evidence of that in our Facebook group this week. And I just want to shout out to Amy and to a lot of people who responded to Amy. Here's what Amy posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. 
Dear Reading Satellite Sisters, we are lifting you up and holding space in prayer and good vibes for your safety. If anyone is seeking refuge from the fires, I have two friends in Ashland, Oregon, who are offering places to stay. DM me. Like, okay, I get, I get choked up looking at that because Amy yeah. knows what we know, that we do right. have listeners in Reading. We do have listeners in Shasta. Yeah. We can see what you're posting all the time. You're always posting those beautiful pictures <laughs> of the beautiful place <laughs> you know. live. And now you need our help. So thank you to Amy yeah. for posting that in our community. Thank you for all of, to all of you who responded because it has really been a serious situation up there. You know, the, so this is what's called the car fire, if you're watching the national news. And there have been 100,000 acres burned yeah. in, the last, uh, in the last week. So thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone. And, yeah, all of the Satellite Sisters and Misters in Redding, Shasta, that whole part of Northern California, our hearts are with you. Plus, you're driving through there. I am at driving the through the there. Week. Yeah, at the I end know. Of the week, I'm driving we're worried up, about that. I'm driving yeah. up to Bend, Oregon, so I'll be I'll be going right through. But you know, anyway, everybody, take good care of yourselves. Right, right. No, that's a. I, I felt terrible too for the listener in our Facebook group who had planned for a year to go to Yosemite. Yes, and they've closed the valley, which is so mm-hmm. unusual. So mm-hmm. you'll get out here another time. But everyone, stay safe. Thanks so much. Yeah, Facebook group, go ahead and join it. You know, it's still active. It's over there. People are posting all the time. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, vacation photos, all kinds of things. So I think I'll spend my vacation in the Facebook group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just focus on that. Okay. And we are back. So speaking of reading great journalism, the cover story in the New York Times Magazine this past weekend was, is this like otherworldly photo of Gwyneth Paltrow? Mm-hmm. With the headline, The Big Business of Being Gwyneth Paltrow. So, you know, we like we support women here at Satellite Sisters. Yeah. That's kind of our deal. So I, I read mm-hmm. through this and you know, it's an emotional roller coaster with Gwyneth. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Who by the way, everybody calls her GP. GP. So I didn't just, know that. Did I didn't you? know that either. Yeah. So we're just gonna start doing that, okay, Julie? Mm-hmm. It's GP from here on Okay. In. Okay. All right, LD. <laughs> okay. So here's my question. GP, nut or not? Because I, I can go both okay. ways on this. So from the story, which is hilariously and charmingly written mm-hmm. by uh, Taffy Brodesser Ackner. So we'll have a link in the show notes. You got to read the whole thing. It's laugh out loud funny. It is think? because the story, I, I mean, I like her writing anyway. She's mm-hmm. um, contributed to a lot of magazines and the New York Times for years. And now she's on staff at the New York Times. Uh-huh. And she inserts herself in this profile, which usually I'm not a fan of, but it's so funny because <laughs> as she gets to know Gwyneth Paltrow, she begins just to feel worse about herself, exactly. which is, I think, almost every woman's reaction. Like by the end of the article, she like can't hold. She used to like go to the bathroom. She started smoking again. Like she's questioning her marriage, her, her children, children, like everything. She's got stains all over her clothes. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. It's just, it's very funny. Yes. And, and so it does, it, it takes really the normal woman's point of view yes. when they meet someone like GP. Okay, so GP, not or not. I'm going to start with the not. So here are the three pieces of evidence not. Number one, her children. Taffy uh, mentions mentions twice how delightful her children are. The boy, whom I recognized as her youngest child, Moses, immediately came to my side, made socially appropriate eye contact, and shook my hand. And later on, 
Apple, the daughter, did the same thing. I'm Apple. Nice to meet you. So, of course, Taffy then feels terrible about how ill-behaved her own children <laughs> yes. are. So, number one, her children. They sound pretty great. Yep. Uh, number two, mm. her ex-husband. There's a moment. Whoa. There's a moment in the story where it says... Chris Martin walked in and sat down at the kitchen island and introduced himself. See, everybody here is introducing themselves, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. Yeah. I mean, they're not taking anything for granted. And so I think, well, if you have the kind of unconscious coupling with your husband, Chris Martin. Conscious uncoupling. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's confusing. You're right. It's confusing. Okay. Conscious, conscious uncoupling. uncoupling. But in the story, Chris Martin comes in. Right. Super social, super nice. And then what does he do, Julie? He takes the kids and he goes into the other room because he's giving them music lessons. Right. Right. So, right. But at the same time, her boyfriend is also there, right, yes, Liz? Yes. Her her fiance, who is of course a super successful Hollywood producer. So it's one big happy family here. Mm-hmm. At, so I mean you gotta award points for that. Yes. If you can pull that off. Yes. And then the last thing I do want to give her some credit for, um, her own drive and discipline. Yes. And I think it's easy to knock Gwyneth. But at one point, she makes the point, well, I'm hang on when I wrote this down. Oh, she makes the point that, you know, my life is good because I'm not passive about it. I want to nourish what is real and I want to do it without wasting time. So she's disciplined about her life. She's obviously making very conscious choices about her life. And how can you not be for that? Right. Right. She seems she seems to be someone who like makes decisions about she want, what she wants and makes it happen. So, and I think people assume that discipline is easier if you have money. Yeah. You know, remember when Oprah ran that marathon and people were like, well, of course, yeah. she had a Navy SEAL training her. Yeah. It's 26 miles. You still have to run it. Like they <laughs> can't the same distance. They didn't carry her. She <laughs> actually ran the marathon. And I, I think that's the way people yeah. feel like Gwyneth Paltrow is a very Clearly from the article, a very disciplined person, a disciplined business person. Yes. Right. Okay, so now we're going into the nut category. Okay. Let's start slow in nut. At the very beginning, she invites Taffy over for dinner, and she is standing in a white dress at the stove making dinner. She's steaming clams. She's um, our mussels, I think. She's grilling bread. And Taffy is just amazed that she's not spilling things all over herself. <laughs> I know. Which is exactly what I thought in that scene, too, because uh, that's what I do. I spill things all over myself, mm-hmm. whether, uh, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm just drinking a cup of coffee. So there's something kind of weird about, <laughs> about <laughs> having that much self-confidence that you can stand at the stove in a really beautiful dress. It did like make clams and red sauce. That could be over yeah. the line for me. I think it's over <laughs> <Right>. the line. <laughs> okay. Then number two is, of course, like some of the stuff in Goop, like let's just admit, it's crazy. Yeah. Leon, not too Nutty. long ago, you did you did do a shout out about steaming your vajayjay. I right? did. And yes. I, well, what not to do. <laughs> yes. It was, <laughs> if you were wondering what to do with that part of your body, here's what's not to do. Yeah. You're yeah. not supposed to steam it. So... <laughs> So the number two of nut is that she does seem to have gone over the line in some of the things that she recommends. And so they cite a gynecologist and obstetrician in San Francisco named Jen Gunter, who also writes for the New York Times. And she's been posting about how crazy some of this stuff is. And one of the things she posted is, you know, this was an open letter. She signed on behalf of science to GP. And she wrote, Tampons are not vaginal death sticks. 
Vegetables with lectins are not killing us. Vaginas don't need steaming. Epstein-Barr virus does not cause every thyroid disease. And for God's sakes, no one needs to know they're latex farmer. Okay? So that's my nut number two is, you know, putting it out there. Yeah. But then, and then number three, which Taffy goes into in detail uh, here, is there's a reason why she doesn't, why Goop is is published by her own company. It was originally supposed to be published by Condé Nast. And they were, you know, which publishes right. Vogue and a lot of big, other big magazines targeted at women. Well, it turns out that the reason the Condé Nast deal did not work out is because Condé Nast has this little rule about um, fact-checking. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that she wanted her goop family of doctors and healers to be able to publish Whatever they wanted, just like yeah. sort of their opinions on things. And Condé Nast actually requires backup for any scientific claims you're uh, you're making. So she decided- Aren't you surprised that she hasn't gotten in more trouble by, you know, uh, recommending all these wacky ideas? I, yeah. Well, I think that is gaining momentum. I think okay. there's a lot more of it out there than you think. And I again, I understand part of her point is that some of these things are alternative therapies where they right. haven't done okay. that testing That's... yet. And I get it. But some of it is just nutty, right? right? So that was mm-hmm. number three. And it made me think, well, maybe they should call it, you know, oops, not goop, because some of this is just <laughs> nutty. So Rebranding, Liz. Good yeah. work. So three knots, three nuts. Uh, so I decided to do just a little bit of quickie investigation on my own. I also read in the story that her headquarters is right there in Santa Monica, California, where I live. I Googled the address. Not too far from me. So mm-hmm. Deputy Dog Hooper and I walked over there yesterday mm-hmm. to investigate the Goop headquarters. This is where I put her back in the not category. The address that's posted is just a mail drop. Just there's no oh. company there. <laughs> exactly what we do with our address. Because we really don't want people like coming and finding us. Anyway, so we, we failed in our, um, in our investigation of getting to the Goop headquarters. So I say... Kind of the jury's out still on some of this. Yeah, but, although if you read this article, she does seem to welcome any and all press. I mean, she solicited this cover story using a very high-powered communications director. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the writer had complete access to her, including watching her present at Harvard Business School, which is yeah. worth reading. That alone. That That's yeah. the beginning of the story. That's a crazy that's scene. That's a funny scene. So, and she... GP mentions in the story that every time there's a controversial story about her, they see her business, you know, grows. Her business grows, which mm-hmm. is that that's a business model that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little troubling. But so but yeah. on the other hand, she, she calls looks them, fantastic. She calls them cultural firestorms. <laughs> cultural firestorms. It's not, these are not mistakes in good. Yeah. These are cultural firestorms. Right. So. Uh, no, I'm with you. I Yeah. So that, I, like, as a business person, she, she definitely follows, she yeah. definitely has a strategy, and she executes on that strategy. So you think I don't it's necessi- nutty like a fox. Yeah, I think she's nutty like a fox. I uh-huh. do. I, okay. I do. And I, you know, and I think the only part of this article I thought, well, this is suspicious, was the many people who said she was, like, a brilliant actor. I don't, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I know she won the Academy Award. She did. But yeah. she stepped away from acting. I think that's fine. You know, and she's committed to this business. That's fine. I mean, she's doing what she wants to do. I just, her business strategy uh, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think she cares about the negative reaction. That's what no. I got. They are sounds no. like yeah. she's actively it's, courting it, she's Julie. Right? Courting yeah. it. Well, right. So that right. could lead to dangerous products. Yes. And, you know, some mm-hmm. serious right. misinformation. And mm-hmm. we've seen that with celebrities speaking out on stuff. And yeah. then, you know, all not this, science, not science. And then really there have been issues. So because she's been under so much pressure about the not facts and not not science, they have actually for the first time ever hired a fact checker yeah. at Goop. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's what her lawyer told her yeah. to do, you know. So uh, anyway, read it. It's totally a, worth reading. Fascinating. Super, enter, super entertaining read. Super entertaining read. All right. We're going to do a little preview of our Ask Us Anything special that we'll be posting in August. We got one question uh, from Becky, and it was about communicating with your adult sons. And here's what Becky wrote, and many people commented after. So Julie and I are going to take this, <laughs> take this <laughs> yeah. on. I can't wait yeah. to hear this. Okay. Leon and Julie. Are your adult sons good about keeping in contact with you? My boys huh. never call, and I hardly see them. I think it's probably a boy thing, but I'm just curious about your experience. And, Julie, did it get better once Will was married? So <laughs> she's holding out hope. Becky is yeah. holding out hope. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie, what do you think in general? Like, would you say on the communication scale and your your satisfaction with it on 1 to 10, where where are you at? It, it it has improved. I think I'm like at a six or a seven yeah. now, but I've had many years where it's been hovering around one. Okay. But I, you know, I think this is a conversation that a lot of mothers of sons have, and they're almost, they sort of whisper it. You're almost embarrassed to admit, you know, that, you know, their sons don't call like their friends who have grown daughters. Right. They, you know, that they, you just, it doesn't happen that way. So I have three rules. Lillian. Okay. And then uh, I have four. This, so you do your three. Okay. Go, okay. My go first for rule is give it up. Okay. That's, that's it. You know, that you, you have to, part of this non-communication is, is they want control. Okay. And you've been in control as their mom, you know, uh, you needed to do things for them, but now there is silence. So they're not calling back. Or as my son, Will said, his text messaging system was broken, which is a lie. <laughs> That was a lie. Okay. Okay. So I think that answers the second part of your question. <laughs> did it Becky, get better? Did no. it get better? <laughs> okay. That was the year where it was like zero to one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you just need to like stop being in control. You right. need to give it up. Okay. That's it. That's a very hard lesson that may be some harder for some moms like me than other moms. But, you know, they want to be in charge. They want to be in charge of their life. And that's a good thing. The second thing is zip it up. So keep, give it up, zip it up. And that's about listening and not talking. Okay. It's, it's listen more. They don't really need your opinion. They want to figure it out themselves. Okay. And they have a very strong instinct. Even if you're right, they don't care. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that, I think that is, and the more you listen, the more I, you know, I have learned over the years they're really doing fine. You know, they really are making some very mature and good decisions and they're, they're doing well. And they are these really interesting people, you know, and so I'm happy about that. And then my third, my third rule is keep it up. Okay. No matter what, right. even during the dark years, no matter, even when they're not calling back, just keep caring, be patient Keep sending out pings, you know, like on a submarine. Just send out those pings. <laughs> you know, leave a message, okay? Even if you know they're not going to respond, just right. so they know you are there, you know. And and I think it, it's worth it. I, and I do think 
you know, I am very lucky to have two wonderful daughter-in-laws and they, they have really helped a lot. Um, but I do feel like my relationship and my communications with my son are better now in their thirties. Uh, the twenties were the dark years. Okay. So I have a 20 year old and a 23 year old. And, uh, so these are my tips from that age group, Becky. My first one is lower expectations (laughs) because again, you hear mothers of daughters say, Oh, we text every day. Oh, we talk every day. Oh, we do this. Oh, she's my best friend. And then like you (laughs) you send out a text, like how you doing? And then 10 days later, you get back like, K, like that's not a response that's excellent. to that. So, I, oh, he's not your best friend? You know, he's, he's not my best friend. Neither one of them are. So I, you just have to lower your expectations a little bit. And that's letting go, like you said, Julie, letting them do their own thing. Like I try to remember I only talk to mom and dad once a week when I was in college, maybe yeah. once every two weeks. So just because you have these communication tools doesn't mean they're going to use them. Texting is not some magical device that immediately gets responses. Like you send one text. No, it doesn't. They get hundreds every day. Like I I have to explain that to my mother-in-law. Like you sent one text three weeks ago. They get hundreds of texts every day. Like you're going to have to retext. Okay. Two, don't nag. And then the corollary is almost anything can be perceived as a nag. uh, That's that's the problem. Give me an example. Right. Like, oh, you're coming for dinner Sunday. What time do you think you'll be here? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you're really pin, pinning them it's down. It's in like yeah. two hours. Like you just can't commit to four or five or five or six. Like everything could be a nag. Like uh-huh. how's class going? What are you talking about? <laughs> so that's why where I enjoy emojis. Emojis don't nag. Mm-hmm. You know, just a couple of dancing people or I don't know, bridges or sunsets or unicorns. There you go. Good. Good land. All right. Find common ground. And this one really works. Like my older son and I, we commit, we communicate a lot about work because I have been freelance for many years. He is starting a freelance photography career. So actually now we talk a lot about work in a non-naggy professional what's happening check-in way. And I didn't bug him after he graduated. I stayed away from this topic, but I could see he was sort of struggling to put together a schedule for his freelance life. It's very easy when you're freelance to just sit on the couch and do nothing. Right. No one's paying you. You don't have to do, you don't do the work you should be doing. Working on your website, reaching out to people, doing the marketing, doing the billing. So a couple of months ago, I said, why don't we just have it like an accountability lunch every couple of weeks? And wow. we, and I said, I'll just be your check-in. There's no judgment here. Just, I know what it's like to try to set up a freelance lifestyle. It is hard. You know, but you need someone to kind of check in with you. And so that's what we're doing. Every couple of weeks we meet for lunch. And we just talk about work. And it's it's a good thing to do. Like, that's our common ground. With my other son, it's movies. So even though he goes to school a couple of states away, if he sees a movie that he loves, we'll just go back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we have. We have movies. So <laughs> I'm good. And for now, that's enough. And then good with those two things. Right. Like So right. I suggest, like, I don't know. I know you don't want to watch Westworld, but they all seem to like it. So start watching Westworld, <laughs> Becky, and then maybe you can communicate with your sons about that or Game of Thrones. Like seriously, sometimes. or food. Yeah, yeah. like my a, son likes to cook, so yeah. I can send him recipes or get him a cook. You know, yeah. uh, cookbooks. That's a common ground yeah, for a me. Non, yep. A neutral topic that is non-naggy that is goes to my last mm-hmm. one. Remember to have fun. Like you're a family, and it should be fun. And they're grown ups, and you no longer have to do a lot of the hard work. So mm-hmm. it should be fun. The communication should be fun. 
I hope that helps. Uh, I think it's some pretty, some pretty good tips. Yeah. But I like, you know, you're going to have good years and bad. Good years and bad. So <laughs> Zero to ten. Zero. All across the spectrum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we take a break? What's happening? Yeah, we're kind of... Uh, we yeah, we should on... take a break. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm just going to decide to take a break. And we are back. As we mentioned at the top of the show, it's the final day of July as we record this. So you know what that means for us at Satellite Sisters? Vacay or hiatus, <laughs> you know, where we try to be a little bit show busy now that we're in the Wondery Studios in West Hollywood, California. We take August off, but do not despair because we have three specials for you. If you are subscribed, you'll, automat you'll automatically get them in your feed. If you're not subscribed to Satellite Sisters, just what are you waiting for, people? <laughs> do we, does Leon have to come to your home and show you how to do it? Anyway, it's super easy to do, and it's very helpful for us if you do subscribe. So our newest episode of Ask Us Anything will drop Tuesday, August 14th. And that is chock full of the answers to your questions. So, Leon mm -hmm. and Julie, you tackled the one about communication with your sons today. Right. right? But in this show that will drop on the 14th, we all answered many of the questions that were in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group list. And it was kind of fun, wasn't it, It Julie? was fun. Uh, we, I, we gave some surprising answers, or at least I did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we learned a lot about you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Julie surprised us. So if she surprised us, chances are you'll be surprised too. <laughs> so, so that's the middle of the month, Tuesday, August 14th. But first, we're going to warm you up with a previous live special on August 7th. You're going to get the show that we did in October 2015, and that was when all five sisters, plus multiple daughters, nieces, and daughters-in-law, what we call our Satellite Sisters Next Gen, we launched our book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, at Powerhouse Arena in Brooklyn, New York. And it was a powerhouse, all right, right, Leanne? Yeah. You know, we had brothers, cousins, friends day. in the house. Yep. We had, so a lot of the questions that you had asked for this show we had already answered in the 2015. So that's why we thought we'd give you a little, you know, starter with that. So you'll get that. And then after our new show on August 21st, you'll get our 2017 live Ask Us Anything that we did in Santa Monica. Many of you came to that. This one has kind of a different range of questions. There, there are juicy details about dating lives, about growing up together, about the birth of Satellite Sisters. So by the time September rolls around, when we are back with a new show, you'll be, you'll be fully read in, as they say on Madam Secretary, fully read in on our lives. So we'll be back with a new show. It's September 4th, right? Yes. Whatever that first Tuesday in September is. And by the boo, uh, we have an additional 800 shows in our easy-to-access archive. So knock yourselves out. If you go to SatelliteSisters.com, up at the top in the navigation bar, you can just click on Listen to the Shows. You go there and... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. I can't shows. believe we have 800 shows. I know, we do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. That's a good question to ask. Who knew yeah. the answer? Well, we started mm. so much before Apple Podcasts asked people to number their episodes. Oh. We've got no seasons. We've got no, it's just one super long season. <laughs> so anyway, that, those are really fun shows to listen to, and they're really easy to share from that page, too. So if you want to send a favorite episode to one of your Satellite Sisters, you'll see right there on that page. It's super easy to send it. So anyway, enjoy your August. We're going to enjoy ours. We'll be back ready to go in September, but much, much entertainment between now and then. 
Okay, but don't hang up. Don't turn off the no, show because no, we no. still have more of the show, right? Oh my God, yes. we've got some crazy it's, things. It's Tuesday, so that means we've got some excellent trends. And sisters, I don't know about you, but it makes me smile when I see a group of women walking around. You know, I've seen you see them in New Orleans. You see them sometimes. I see them here in Dallas, but or you see them on vacation, and you know somebody's got a tiara on or maybe a little veil, and you can tell it's you know a bachelorette party, and they're they're cruising around and they're having fun. Maybe the bride's wearing a white dress or something. I saw some when I was visiting my friends earlier this summer uh, up on Long Island, and I just liked it. But guess what? Not everybody likes bachelorette groups. Um, And this is really becoming a problem now that at wineries, at boutique hotels, at spas, they do not want loud groups of women that are singing or chanting rosé all day (laughs) or, you know, disrupting other guests or uh, sharing X-rated gifts or crying. A lot of these (laughs) bridesmaid parties break down into some crying fit Mm -hmm. and they're saying, no, they're saying you, you cannot come to our boutique hotel if you're a bachelorette party. They're just quashing down on this. Is it the drunkenness that's the main problem they have, Julie? I think over imbibing, Liz, is imbibing is a big part of it. You know, it's but if you're trying to set up like a particular atmosphere at your winery, uh, they had one winery that was reporting. He looked out at his beautiful fields of grapes and there was some bachelorette group making a human pyramid um, in the winery. They can't have that, Liz. It's, it's a hazard. It's a hazard to the grapes and it's a hazard to the other guests, too. You know, that they if you wanted a weekend away um, at a spa and you want to decompress, you want to do all you do not want to be see some large pack of girls running around, you know, singing and crying and laughing that they, they don't want it. So even if you, if you want to do a bachelorette party, the places now are getting very specific. So even if you pretend, oh, we're not a bachelorette party, we're just, you know, it's a women's weekend. We're very responsible. They suss that out. And if they, oh. and they charge you additional fees, if they find out you're a bachelorette party and you're really? going to put on sashes. Oh Yeah. They don't want that. They, they're trying to create certain atmospheres. So it means that you're going to see more and more bachelorette parties in Las Vegas, in Miami. <laughs> right. You know, they're just, uh-huh. which I think is a little unfair. What do you think, sisters? Have you ever been at a spa when there is a bachelorette party in the spa? <laughs> no. It's very loud. I mean, it's just it's, like, you know, when they right. ask you to be quiet and stuff, yeah. there's none of that. There's just, there's a complete disregard. So, <laughs> okay. Because right. she's mean, getting married I know. and she's with I, her girlfriend. I mean, I get it. I you know women like to talk and yeah, but I, I having been the grumpy patron, like <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I, I do. I do kind of understand it from the other patrons point of view. So okay. All yeah. right. I don't know what to say. So it's a trend. So if you're planning a bachelorette party or if you're going to go to a nice spa or a winery or some boutique hotel, you may want to check to make sure whether or not there are bachelorette parties going on at that place the weekend you're visiting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tartan, you know, hashtag stay noisy most of the time. (laughs) And I like to see women enjoying each (laughs) other's company. Yes, I I get it. I get it. Like, as Julie said, Las Vegas, Miami, fantastic. But in the spa where it's really supposed to be quiet, it's just... 
yes. her some rules. Yes. If you know? Anya is playing, yeah. keep your voices down. <laughs> That's, That's the rule. Exactly right. That's the rule. Okay, I have a semi-related trend, Julie, uh, because you know I spotted the the scourge of the scooters in Santa Monica, and I tipped yep. the entire nation off to that. Okay, here's the next thing happening: the IV stores. The, there's a dramatic increase in my neighborhood of stores where you go and they stick an IV in your arm to rehydrate you. In fact, there was even mm-hmm. there was a little shop on the street where I live where there was a big banner that went up two weeks ago that just said hydration. And this was previously a Brazilian hair removal salon. So I wasn't sure what that meant. And then I inspected. It's the same people, Liz. They're the the same same people. people. They didn't get any additional training, I I fear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the thing. So this is the new cure for jet lag and hangover and wellness or sickness. Just, you know, strap on a bag for a couple of hundred bucks and you're back to yourself all and you're back to your old self in 30 minutes. And is that what it costs? A couple hundred dollars? Oh, it's like from a hundred to three hundred, depending on what mm. what you're putting in the bag. Oh, I mean, I didn't see anything below a hundred dollars. I mean, I guess if a smoothie here is twenty dollars, <laughs> that it does make sense that actual high an actual IV would be more expensive. But I've just started to hear about these. A friend yes. of mine just told me about like, oh, she had something done at her derm, and then she walked next door and had an IV bag. And what did she think about it? She felt terrible afterwards, oh. as she literally did. <laughs> she, she had to go home and lie down. Like yeah. she just, she said, I think oh. that B2, she took some B12 wellness. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they we all... have them here in Dallas, too. I see them advertised. But I feel like it's a medical procedure that should happen in a hospital or a yeah. clinic or yeah. something. And should happen if you need it. You know, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, hmm, I think I need to, like, infuse myself with a bunch of things. I heard this doctor from Yale on the radio talking about it. And he's a professor of integrative medicine. And, you know, he's like, so we've done some tests on this. And they are marginally better. Like, if you have fibromyalgia, there's some science that says it might give you some relief. But there's no testing that's ever been done on if you're just like Tom Brady or Gwyneth Paltrow and you you walk in and you just want to shoot yourself full of stuff that that's good for you. And he said your actual digestive system is so beautifully designed to take in vitamins and minerals and spread them out to the rest of your body. So when you instead of like eating foods that are good for you and you're just injecting it directly into your bloodstream. We don't really know what effect even the same things that you can eat will really have on your body. So I, I'm what not is wrong with people. <laughs> I mean, they're really, hungover. Liam. I guess. I mean, I, I can see in an extreme situation, but just on a Tuesday afternoon, swinging yeah. by and getting an IV bag. It seems appealing. Like, just... when did we get that dehydrated? I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I bet that's why most people feel good after it, because I think a lot of people are pretty dehydrated. So just drink some. We have a sponsor that can solve that problem for you. <laughs> liquid, just, liquid IV. Just get just, your liquid IV or some plain old water. Just drink some water or put some liquid IV in it. But anyway, I would be very curious to hear from anyone out there that has actually tried this. Right. And have, for me, it's another thing where I guess the jury's still out. But would I just like voluntarily, as you say, Leon, on a Tuesday afternoon, just let some person I don't know stick you with an IV? Stick me with an IV? Mm, no, no. Yeah, no. I, you know, I have a fear that like any 
vaguely medical procedure, like the worst will happen to me. Yeah. So I don't think I'm ever going to be a candidate for Botox because I feel like I'd never walk again. (laughs) You know, like whatever is the most extreme version would go wrong. Your reaction would be dramatic. I just worry about like cleanliness in a place like that. It's just a very odd thing. I had literally never heard about it until two days ago. And my friend's like, oh, yeah, you just go in and it's IVs and they're all over the place. Sure. This was in a doctor's office. So I guess it was sort of medically, you know, Oh, you know, I don't know. There's one in Santa Monica that's located not very far from the urban sweat lodge we've talked about before. Oh, yeah. So that's clever, well, right? Well, right. that makes sense. After you go to that place, yeah, you if you want, want uh, if your business is about rehydrating people, park yourself next to an urban sweat lodge. So okay. more to come on that, no doubt. I'm sure that Gl- Gwyneth will soon be in that business <laughs> if she's not already. All right, last trend, uh, and this comes from the world of pasta and our friends at Three Bridges. We have no deal with Three Bridges ravioli and pastas, but they consistently send these very, you know, imaginative pitches about ravioli. And they're just hard to ignore. So yesterday afternoon we got this in. And, you know, summer is not really pasta time, but that doesn't stop the people at Three Bridges from wanting to share some recipes with us. And this one I thought, I feel like it's a controversial tortellini recipe, Liz and Julie. Controversial. Well, how? (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. Listen to this, though, okay? First of all, it's a for the porch chiller, okay? Recipe number one. They named all the recipes. Uh It's strawberry, spinach, and cheese tortellini salad. Yeah. And here's the description. Summer is all about a good chair and relaxing on the porch. Simple but bougie. <laughs> That's an unusual word. In is that boozy? No, is bougie. They, is that a typo? No, bougie. It's, it's, it's like short for bourgeois, like fancy. Uh, this dish will keep your evenings light, breezy, and delicious. I want to know, though, spinach and fruit. I mean, I'm sorry, pasta and fruit. How do you feel about that combination? Not good. Yeah, right? Why strawberry and tortellini? No. No. I I think I would separate. You could have a spinach salad with strawberries and then cheese tortellini, but I wouldn't put it all together. That's so yep. I have to say, I think this is a trend that's not going to take off for the <laughs> for the tortellini people. I just uh-huh. doesn't your husband feel very strongly about fruit and salads in general? Yes, he does. Yes, he I, does. He just yep. does not believe in that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Which is a pity. It's a shame. But the next 40 years of our marriage, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to slowly introduce fruit into salad. I know when he comes to my house, I have to knock off, knock back on the fruit in the yeah. salads. Cause yeah. Often yeah. Those pomegranates. Some... Right. He doesn't like that. Yeah. No. He doesn't like yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. But then the tortellini would be really a bridge too far yeah. for him. So yeah. well, as a marketer though, Leanne, I have to say, I appreciate the boldness of calling tortellini light. You know, just go with it. Just like, (laughs) just put that on the page. See if anyone notices. That's your light meal, your tortellini. And and coming from Dallas, Texas, where it's very hot in the summer, I don't think the uh, the porch chiller recipe is going to cool me down at all either. All right, I'm going to respond then to our good friends at Three Bridges and say you missed on this pitch. We can't, we can't support. Cannot endorse tortellini on Tuesday trends. Okay, Okay. quickly, entertaining sisters. Like Mm -hmm. many, many, many people, I went to see Mission Impossible Fallout, okay? And and here's my review, okay? It's spectacular scenes in this, but too much punching, okay? When did Ethan Ethan Hunt become Jason Bourne? That's what I want to know. Ethan Hunt is supposed, Mission Impossible team is supposed to out-trick people with masks and double keys and cool communication, 
Tom Cruise is just constantly punching and kicking and falling down. And Tom, you're not a young man. I was afraid you were not going to get up in a couple of these scenes. But it is, there are some spectacular scenes. Liz, I know you saw it too. Totally spectacular. I got to say, it could have made our travel list last week. Because when we talked about movies that are just shot so beautifully in beautiful places, Paris and London look awesome in this Mission Impossible. Amazing. Amazing. And but one thing that made me very happy in this movie uh, was to see Princess Margaret as the villain. So the, <laughs> yes. the, the arms dealer con artist Leon is played by the actress Vanessa Kirby, oh. who is Princess Margaret in The Crown. Yes. So oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. she was great She's in this excellent. movie, wasn't she? She was really good. She was really good. She yeah. was very good in that. Yeah. So I would say that about Princess Margaret as the villain, arms dealer, con artist, great. And then I also saw a trailer before Mission Impossible that was for the movie The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the latest or this whatever in that whole The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. series. So there's a new one coming out November 9th that stars Claire Foy in the role mm-hmm. previously played by Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. So I just got to say, women of the crown. So we got Queen Elizabeth <laughs> now as the girl in the spider's web, and we have, you know, Princess Margaret as the Armstale Connors. I like to see the women of the crown busting mm-hmm. out career-wise, Leanne. All right, Liz, I am looking forward to Christopher Robin this Aww. weekend. I Aww. mean, I'm just a sucker for Winnie the Pooh, as many of you know. And I have to say, my son Colin is home for a couple weeks over the summer, a little break from his summer class. And I said, okay, I want you to go to one movie with me. He said, Christopher Robin? And I said, <laughs> yes. And he's like, I already had it on my schedule. Oh, so that's so nice. that's we're, nice. we're headed to Christopher Robin. And I, I intend to cry from the opening <laughs> credits through the end of the movie. That trailer I'm looks looking, super cute. Too. I know. I'm looking forward to it. I want to remind people, if you are looking for great summer books to read, we have our Satellite Sisters Best Beach Bag Books list. Lots of books on that list that work in audio form as well. If you're traveling in August and want to find a great book, check out the list at SatelliteSisters.com. We would like to thank our sponsors. Uh, Let me get that list. (laughs) We'd like to thank our sponsors. (laughs) They are uh, Brooklinen, Harry's, The New Yorker, Framebridge and, and Kopari. Okay, we would like to thank them for supporting Satellite Sisters and thank you for supporting the people that support us. We'd like to wish a happy summer break to our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Happy summer break, Sergio. <laughs> Have fun without us. I don't know what you're going to do in August. <laughs> uh, and uh, a happy and safe summer to you. Let's do our to-do list. Julie, what do you have on your list? Uh, Nana Camp Dallas edition opens in 20 minutes, Leanne. Okay. <laughs> 20 minutes. Wow, cutting it close. Okay. Uh, that, I, I have three of my grandchildren, Dallas-based grandchildren, and I'm going to get uh, Josephine from Brooklyn. So we're going to have a lot of fun in the month of August. But a big shout out to Meryl and Beth to, uh, running dueling Nana Camps at the same beach, I think, in Massachusetts. Way to go to that. Nice. And Lucia... Uh, you really you're shaming all of us because you're making homemade pasta at your Nana camp. Wow. So love to see pictures of other Nanas hosting their grandchildren. Put it on up there on our Facebook group. All right. Uh, OK, so on my to do list, I have a new project I'm working on. I cannot discuss it now, uh, oh. and uh, but I can discuss it in September. So while I am taking the um, 
the month off the podcast, I will actually be working every day. Okay. So that's that's what you need to know. Thank Exciting. You. It's a project. It's a project, <laughs> and it's happening, and I really got to put the hammer down on it. Okay. August 1. All right, Leon. <laughs> August 1. Liz, how about you? What's on your to-do list? Well, you know my other podcast, Safe for Work, that's the career advice show I do with Rico Galliano. We're actually doing a live show tonight. So that'll be fun. Here in Los Angeles, we're doing a live show in front of a big women's professional group. Mm. And so I'm kind of excited about that. That's the first time we've done that together. So, And if you subscribe to Safe for Work, you'll be able to listen to that. I think we're releasing it as a podcast at the end of August. So so check that out. Fantastic. All right. Liz, two-timing us with Rico Galliano. That's yes. fine. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Julie and I are on vacation as of right now. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.